welcome to Live Your Own Way with me, Lucy Gleason Interiors, chatting homes, life and inspiration with my very special guests. Hi there, hope all is well with you. Today I'm having a good old chat with director and co-founder of Interiors Emporium, Rocket St. George, who with fellow founder Lucy St. George started their Interiors brand 17 years ago. I am a big fan, as are many, of their amazing homeware. It's so unique and fun and beautiful. I'm really looking forward to discovering more about Jane, what inspires her, and most definitely we'll be talking about the brand, their new stores, colour psychology in our homes, and her own stunning home dating back to the 1500s. Hello, Jane. How are you? Thanks for coming on the podcast. How's it going today? Are you at home? No, I'm in the office. Um, we've just launched Christmas, so it's it's feeling very festive today here, <laughs> even though it's only um, October. it's um, We do Christmas what seems like most months of the year. Your Instagram has been very lively with some exciting news, which we're going to talk about soon. Um, but I'm intrigued, first of all, to know how you and Lucy got started with Rocket St. George, because uh, your background was photography and marketing and Lucy was retail. So how did you meet and then form the company? We met at a fancy dress party. Lucy was dressed as a fairy in a, and I was dressed as um, a... a uh, well, I was called misleading. I was like a um, model. I had a floor to floor sequin red dress on and a big sash saying misleading and a blonde wig. And Lucy and I met and got on really, really well. And then we bumped into each other again at another party. And I went bounding up to go, hi, how are you? And she went, I've no idea who you are. And of course, <laughs> I thought, oh, she's a bit rude. And then I realised, of course, I had a blonde wig on. She hadn't got a clue who I was. She obviously thought I was blonde. Um, but we then met again and um, became friends. And we actually had babies at the same time. So we bonded over being um, mums, really. We bonded over Dairy Lee Dippers. We, 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 <laughs> we weren't the kind of mums who were at home liquidising veg. And um, yeah, we were, we were enjoying our children, but making our lives as easy as possible. <laughs> That sounds like a good plan. So did you always have a passion for cool and unique things for your home? Always. I mean, when, uh, well, when did we start? 2007. Both Lucy and I, our friendship really bonded over car booting. We used to get up really early every Sunday morning and go car booting because neither of us had a huge amount of money. We both loved beautiful things and back then it's harder now I have to admit with eBay this is pre-eBay you could find really amazing things at car boots so we would go every every um, Sunday morning and come back with beautiful things for our homes because back then there was Habitat and there was Ikea but there wasn't really a lot else so it was harder to find unless you had a lot of money really unique things from the home so you either had to make them or they'd be vintage. So we would do that. And then we, our friends started saying to us, oh, where did you get that? Where did you, you know, they'd come for dinner or, or around for coffee. And they said, will you find me some lovely things? And we thought, oh, hold on a second. Perhaps we're good at this. I have to say, when you're buying at a trade show, it's very similar because you're walking around and seeing a huge amount of things and you have to pick out the, the really magical pieces that make and that's a good training ground if you're going to be a buyer to go to a copy so 
And then, obviously, you started Rocket St. George. So did you have a clear audience and vision in your mind or a long-term plan of how it should go? I wish I could say yes to this question. <laughs> um, no, not at all. Uh, we didn't have a business plan. We weren't r- really um, in the mind that what has happened would happen. We literally wanted to make some extra money. And we... Uh, had very little. We we set up the whole business for £4,000, including buying the stock. We spoke to a lot of people. We bought websites for dummies. We went and we went to a lot of markets and found some designer makers because we didn't need the amount of stock quantities we need now. Um, and we bought a website shell, which was 25 quid a month. And we set it up, sent out a press release I did the photographs and the press release, um, and we just went live. And back then, it's pre-smartphone as well. So my experience in marketing and PR was was very much to do with magazines. And so we sent a really good press release out to the magazines. And I think the first call we got was from Vogue, who wanted to feature, do you remember wall stickers? Yes. Uh, Yeah, they were huge, and I think we were one of the first to do it, and they featured our wall stickers in Vogue, and then Living Etc. started working with us. And back, if if you got something in a magazine then, you'd sell a lot, because that's where everybody got their inspiration for homeware. That must have been an amazing boost to have Vogue being the first to feature you. (laughs) Yes, it was really shocking. I can remember the adrenaline rush. (laughs) So what were the first items that you found and sold as well as stickers then? What else were you putting out there? We put, we put out wall stickers. We worked with an amazing designer called Susan Bradley who did this outside metal wallpaper. I'm trying to remember. We did lots of little bits from the home, a few bits of artwork. We did jewellery back then. Um, and we sort of have developed into homeware. We were more lifestyle then saying that we have we are thinking of doing jewelry again um because our customers like what we do we think we can do rockets and george jewelry quite well but it was a really a, a, an eclectic mix i think we stood out from the crowd i remember when we launched our website a lot of our friends um said to us i don't get it which is not very nice, really. But it's because we didn't, we weren't like anybody else. We, we, they couldn't pigeonhole us to be like Cox and Cox or um, Graham and Green. We kind of were different to everybody, so it, it, it worked for us because we stood out from the crowd. I think. And you're so established now with such a strong identity. You make it look really easy, but I'm sure that it probably hasn't been all along the way. So did it, did everything kind of fall into place or did you just take time to become on brand? No, the brand building was the easiest thing I think we did because we didn't have a lot of money for marketing. So we didn't do what a lot of companies do, which throw marketing into Google Shopping and advertising and you know buying traffic. We had to work for our traffic to the website we had to create events and meet our customers and and create a brand identity so people became loyal to us um which i think actually now if you start a new company that's the hardest thing to do is to create that brand identity and to identify your customers to identify with you 
But it took us longer because we could to grow as a result of that, I think. And when you're choosing pieces now for Rocket St George, do you, do you both agree? Do you both have to agree on something before you say, yes, OK, we're going to? Yes, but it, we don't, it, it's not hard. <laughs> we do it. It's a natural thing. We, we are, even though our personal tastes are really different, when we buy, I, I Lucy could walk around a trade show stand or well, look through a catalogue and I could do it separately and we'd choose exactly the same thing. So it's, it's just a natural thing that we do. And do you put much emphasis on studying trends at all? Trends is a funny one. Lucy isn't affected by trends at all. I am, even though I don't want to admit it. <laughs> um, Lucy is the pure Rocket St George. She's the one who loves the black and gold, the stars, the rock and roll, the you know the naughtiness. Um, so she's and she never ever changes her mind on what she loves. I'm totally fickle. I love one thing one minute and then I'm on to the next. And I think the combination of that means that I'm a little bit trend, but she sort of hones it into the Rocket St George look. It's just a really good combination, isn't it? Sometimes combinations just work and that's that. So, And do you do a lot of travelling to keep inspired and sort of meet people to work with for Rocket St George? Well, we did prior to lockdown and we are beginning to again now. I have to say that that period of time, even though, you know, we were one of the lucky ones being online, the, the inspiration, it was dry. It was, it was a dry time. It was hard to because you couldn't go out anywhere. You couldn't go to fabulous places. You couldn't travel. So you only had the internet for inspiration, and, and which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But I think for, to be original, you really do need to get out there in the world. What are your favourite places to go to where you'll find like amazing palettes or great people to collaborate with? Um, well, it, it, well, it's me, so it changes all the time. <laughs> I, we, we spent a lot of time in Marrakesh and meeting designer makers there. Now, I've been to Sicily this year and I found that really, really inspiring. Even just the energy of a Paloma was just incredible. Um and also just been to New York and I was in Brooklyn and Williamsburg. And that's always amazing because it's, it's just, I'm a bit old to be in um, Williamsburg now. I've noticed the demographic is so young, <laughs> um, but it's still, the vibe is so creative and you always see really exciting things there. So, yeah. Do you, have, do you ever see any of these places like a second home that you've been there a lot and to find things? Um, maybe Marrakesh. I got married in the Atlas Mountains four years ago. Oh, wow. I know. Well, it's the second one. I went all out. Um, and that was really, really incredible. So Marrakesh, I know really, really well. Um, but you've got to switch it up. You've got to keep moving forward. You can't, I'd like to go somewhere I haven't been before. So let's talk about your, it's just really exciting news that you've now you have two walk-in stores um one in neil street your flagship store in covent garden and then red brick near leeds so what made you decide that you wanted to be online and available as you know somewhere to, that people can physically go um our customers we're listening to our customers really they they want to come and see and touch and feel our products and i don't blame them also we're an online store and it's very easy to become faceless being online we we wanted stores so our customers have the ability to come and see the product, but we also want stores, our own spaces, so that we can hold 
events and meet our customers and give something back to our customers because we have done events in the past in um like hotels and who have rooms for these things but we thought let's just have our own stores and then we can cost effectively create special occasions for our, our customers so add value to the to the product and the brand and you know we've got some really loyal customers who really engage with what we do and you know and we also know some really interesting people who can either do talks or workshops um so we just want to mix it up a bit and and meet our customers particularly up north yeah i was going to ask what what made you choose the two different locations well red brick is a no-brainer really it's a destination it's i mean it's beautiful have you seen it no but i'm going to Leeds soon so i'm going to check it out are you wow it's a an incredibly cool old mill um it's a stunning building and it's got loads of brands within the building and it's homeware so it's a destinational homeware um, store it's huge uh, and it's got beautiful restaurants it's just really really well done um, they approached us and we thought well we're desperate to get up north when we uh, launched our second book we did a bit of a tour and went up north and went to Scotland and did some events and they, they just said oh thank you for coming up here and I was born in no I wasn't I was born down south but my parents were both born in Huddersfield which is right near Redbrick so a lot of my family are in that local area so it's quite exciting for me because I spent a lot of time in that area so I'm thrilled that we are going to be able to meet those people as well oh yeah absolutely and what's the preparation been like and how did you develop the look for the store um well they, they mirror each other really We've create. We like to create zones within the stores. So we we tend to have a textile area, a, a sitting room area, and a kitchen area, um, and we just try and keep the product fresh. So we like to give our customers loads of newness constantly because it keeps it exciting, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, so. And also we like to bring in things that make people go, oh, wow, that's interesting. I've never seen anything like that before. Um, so the stores are going to be the same. All the newness will go straight into the stores so the customers can go see it first. And you you're, um, have the sofas and wallpapers and everything there to choose from? Uh, we haven't got the wallpapers there yet, right. but we are currently working on a new wallpaper range. So when they launch, they will definitely be there, but the sofas are there. Right. Oh, cool. I can't wait to visit. You're developing lots more of your own brand items too, aren't you? Is there ever like a dull moment? It seems you're just always moving forward. Um, I don't like dull moments. I think that, that right now is quite tough, isn't it? And yes. You can either sit back and feel just brace yourself or you can just drive forward and and you know as long as you're making wise business decisions I think you've just got to keep going and not let the, the all the news drag you down yeah I totally agree with you I just think it really can drag you down and there's so much good out there isn't there yes absolutely and yes there are differing trends people are you know, more reluctant to buy the larger price items. And we are just, you know, we've been very careful on our price points. Um, you know, there's lots of things behind the scenes that business decisions that we're making that are sensible considering the environment at the moment. Um, but you still got to 
be show a shining happy face <laughs> and you know and 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 give people something to smile about absolutely we all need that and you just mentioned about about sort of sustainability and you know that that area you you put quite a lot of focus on that don't you is that kind of is there a lot to think about within our warehouse we are, are really good now we recycle all our packaging and we even managed now to recycle the polystyrene because I hate polystyrene but we, it now can be made into something else so I'm thrilled about that because a lot of products arrive in polystyrene all our internal packaging is paper made of recycled paper so we are very mindful of that um, as far as product is concerned it's incredibly hard but we try we we do and we're not quite we don't wield as much power as some of the brands do so we can't force our suppliers to do things but where possible we make choice we make choices with sustainability and the environment in mind yeah i can see that's really clear i've sort of having a good look at your website and you know reading about you it's it's good good that you're doing that it's great and what would you say is the key to not only having a successful company for 15 years but it's going from strength to strength obviously opening stores as well and you know developing more of your own um, pieces how have you created the longevity do you think what's the what's the key not overstretching ourselves um we haven't grown at a great speed we've been solid we are owner run we haven't got investment so we're not answerable to anybody um and we make wise decisions and we, you know, we, we, we're quite nimble. We're quick decision makers. So when things change in the marketplace, we can change very quickly. And we've got, actually, it's our team. We've got the most incredible team. I should have put them at the top. We've got a wonderful, wonderful workforce of really talented people who are really passionate about what they do. And we all love working together and are proud of what we do. And I think that the culture within the company is really positive. I think to have a good team, you've got to have good bosses. So I think that probably speaks volumes there. Well, you're very kind. But Lucy and I always say we employ people who are better at the, their job than we, than we can be. So I think that's the wisest thing. Um, someone told me to do that. They said, employ people who are better at their job than you are. And we, you know, everybody who works here in their roles they're all better at it than we can do there's a few things I can do I could pack boxes very efficiently <laughs> oh no I, th I think you're both incredible actually but I, I need to talk to you about your lovely book so the first book was Extraordinary Interiors what inspired you and Lucy to write that first well actually I did an event in the Hoxton Hotel um and I it's based the book is based on my talk that I did it's the first one I ever did, and I was absolutely terrified. And I'd worked really hard on it. And um, it was packed in this room. And I remember just my knees shaking. And uh, it was really well received. And uh, little known to me, um, Cindy um, our, from Ryland Peter Small was in the audience. And she approached me at the end and said, that could be a book. <laughs> and I said, Okay. <laughs> So it was it was just um an opportunity that arose from from that. So and it's it was very much I mean the ethos of Rocket St. George is to enable people to make their home within their identity. It's it I think people find it really hard to know what to choose for them. 
for their homes. And I, I, and I give lots of guidance in the book. For example, go and look at your wardrobe. You would, if you wouldn't feel comfortable wearing an outfit that, that wasn't in your wardrobe, you know, we, if you put something on and you're being a bit daring and you just spend the whole day feeling really awkward. It's the same with your homeware. Don't try and be something you're not. And there's lots of tips, like I'd say, write lists about different things and then you kind of create what your homeware um, design is, especially for you. We're all unique. Some people feel really at home in minimalist monochrome home and they love it and it makes them feel peaceful. Other people would absolutely hate that and feel really awkward and uncomfortable and want to be maximalist with cushions and soft, you know, and stuff everywhere. And somebody else would feel really uncomfortable in that environment. So it's about finding out who you are and translating that into your home and then realising that it's a it's a never-ending process. Your home sort of is like a piece of art that you add to and you take away and you, it grows throughout your life. But it should represent you. And it's okay, isn't it, to, you know, do whatever you want in your home. It's if people, I think people do get, oh, yeah. you know, I've, I, because I do interior design, I get people kind of, sometimes they're a bit nervous of me going to their house. But, you know, I just love that everyone's unique. It's great. I do too. I do too. We don't all want to have the same home looking exactly. It'd be very boring. We're all different and we should celebrate that. So did you take any of the photography for that book? No, I didn't. The first one um, was Debbie Treller, who is an incredible photographer. So then then came Extraordinary Interiors in Colour, which is my favourite topic ever. And uh, so I'd love to, if it's okay with you, talk about, because you've got some beautiful paint colours haven't you I'd love to just sort of work through the uh, the uh, colour wheel a little bit and talk about your different paints so if we start with greens it'd be really interesting to know yes. which rooms you'd sort of recommend that people use them in all types of rooms so let's just start with the greens if that's okay um, first of all we've got juniper leaf uh, which is a dark and cosy one isn't it where would you recommend that for juniper leaf is quite the serious green um, in the collection so it's that one of the dark mysterious colors that uh, we love at Rocket St George so you could use that in a sitting room or a dining room or you could use it on your kitchen doors and frames or a piece of furniture because it's it's pretty versatile really green is such a wonderful wonderful earthy color that and natural it's it's very calming it's very peaceful um it's quite grown up i would say this color but and it will make all your um accessories look great yeah and then there's dalloway which is a um, brighter green isn't it yes this is punchy and it's fun and it's it's fresh green it's like new growth and new beginnings so um that again furniture I'm, I'm at the moment I'm really into painting pieces of furniture bright green I just think they look really really beautiful and you know it, it, it's nice to have color in your home sometimes bright color can be a little bit scary to put on your walls um so why not do a piece of furniture and then you can introduce that freshness and then you've got the blues as you're right that's a lovely lovely and bright blue isn't it yes it's super bright that blue, I'm a bit of a blue phobe, 
I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have. I don't know why. If you look at our web, there's very little blue, and I don't know why. Oh, um, interesting. But I do know that it's a great color, and it's probably the most popular paint color, apart from white, I think, on on our walls. So I'm not sure why I find it so difficult, but it is another one. It's it's the blue sky, the blue sea. It's the nature color, and therefore it it creates a lot of calmness. It is a dangerous one though. You've got to be really careful. If you've got too much of a cool blue, if you put that in a North Face, you, you know, I don't know why I'm telling you, you know all of this. <laughs> no, please do, because people are listening. Please, please tell me, talk, talk away. But yes, be careful in North Facing rooms or you really, if you're going to use cool colours, make sure it's a South Facing room. You've really got to consider your light and when you use a room, um, there's lots of this in the book on, on making those colour decisions because a north-facing room, I would suggest using a warm-toned colour. You, you can use blue, but it has to be ones with un, undertones of warmth and yellow mixed into it. And then there's Portobello, which is more of an inky blue. Again, a beautiful backdrop, isn't it? Yeah, inky. If I had to do blue, inky blue is what I would do. Um, again, the golds look beautiful, like you said. It's one of those dark paints. I have to say a lot of our paints are dark because we are, you know, we are known for those dark walls with those punches where where your your things will just stand out. I don't know why. You might be able to tell me why, Lucy, but there's something about putting an ornament in front of a dark wall that makes it just, it, I, it's the background that shadows I love going to um, exhibitions where the walls are all dark with the paintings because they just, like you say, they just pop, don't they? They just—you can see every single colour. I have never been to an exhibition with dark walls. Where have you been? Oh gosh, I've been to some locally around here in in good old Suffolk. Um, I went to one in London a few years ago. I'm trying to think where it was, but it was just—it was a really great experience, and I thought I wish they did this more because colour looks completely different, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. It, it 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 just works so much better. You see things. I think I think it just takes the walls away a bit and enhances whatever you have in in the space. And with your reds, there's Pimpernel, which is very sort of radiant and it's really friendly and inviting. So, which rooms would you recommend for that? Oh, only the dining room. Reds are really tricky. I can tell you a bad story about red paint. I, when I was, a long time ago, I painted my bedroom red. I thought I was being cool. Um, I think I was in my early 20s. And it was a turbulent time. It seriously was not a good idea. <laughs> um, red is very stimulating. It creates, well, I guess it's the angry colour and the love colour. It's passionate. But it, don't put it in a place where you want to relax. It's a place where you want to stimulate conversation and debate. So dining rooms, perfect. And I think Victorian, uh, the Victorians used to use um, reds a lot and plum colours for that very purpose. So they got the colour theory even then. Yes, yes. And Emanuela is really earthy and warm. It's lovely. It's kind of like a terracotta kind of colour, isn't it? Yes, there's a lot of terracotta around. Although we, the, the, I, the terracotta always reminds me of the 80s. But it's, I love it when it comes back and you go, oh, my God, 
the 80s, I can't believe we're bringing a terracotta back. And then people start using it in such beautiful ways. And you go, I love terracotta. Yeah, I do. It's lovely. It's quite sort of Mediterranean as well, isn't it? Which I always think is really hard to do in England, um, personally. I, I think bringing, I think you need sunshine for that Mediterranean look. But I'm seeing lots of Mediterranean things, like um, especially in ceramics. I'm seeing lots of lemon bowls and leaf. we've got lots of really exciting sort of fruit-based ceramics which, and bright colours coming in. Um, and I think it's, again, we need to cheer ourselves up. And I think there's a lot of colour uh, in accessories coming next season. And I think it's going to be lovely. Ooh, exciting. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, it is really exciting. And then you've got pink. Um the pink spectrum it's bohemia um which is it has a real sort of timeless feel to it it's very light isn't it yes the bohemia is really really pretty they're both the pinks are quite clay color based so they aren't too they're not bubblegummy or or girly pinks they're quite sophisticated pinks again they are, they're lovely to be in because they make you look good. <laughs> when, you, when you're in a pink room, I, I think it reflects on your skin and, and, and I don't know, everyone looks really healthy and well and happy. I think it's... I need some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get, paint your, yeah, paint your walls pink. Um, I know it's just red with white in it, but it completely transforms the colour into something youthful and fun. And pretty, it loses all its red angst and becomes something completely different, which is really gentle and lovely. Yeah, and then there's the brown briarwood, which is a lovely deep chocolatey colour and really sort of decadent feel to it. I am. I love chocolate brown walls. I think I think they're beautiful. Um, you don't see them very often. They're quite, it's quite a Victorian thing, but I just think they're, they're just so, like you say, chocolatey. It's that rich opulence of luxury. And even if they're in a paired back modern environment with, you know, neutral tones, furniture with, with the brown walls or whether it's in a traditional with gold and, and heavy velvets, it just is gorgeous. Yeah, lovely with brass as well. I think I saw a picture that you'd had some brass against it and I thought, oh, that's just perfect. It's lovely. And then uh, French okra and cloisters, so two different types of yellows. Their French okra is more intense, isn't it? And cloisters, a more subtle yellow. Cloisters is lovely. It's it's. I had my spare room in my whole, old house painted in that colour. And it's it's like morning sunshine <laughs> it's a, yellow is a lovely color and it is it is the happy color it, it literally makes you feel good but not everybody wants bright yellow walls and cloisters is a great way to get that feeling from a color without whilst it being quite sophisticated and accessible so which rooms would you sort of suggest i think nice personally i think lovely for like and inviting for a hallway for a start. Yes, absolutely. I would say pretty much any room. Um, it's lovely in a bedroom, lovely in a sitting room. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any room that wouldn't look great. And a north-facing room, it would work really well. So it's one of those colours that would always feel sunny. Yeah, and then 
um, obviously you've got your lovely greys as well, so three different lovely greys, all different, aren't they? Yes, grey doesn't seem to be going away. And, I, and you know, just like most people, I've had grey walls in my time. I am leaning more towards colour these days. But it is a safe bet and it, it, it it's quite serious grey. Grey will take your room into kind of, it will, it's like an upgrade. Mm, it's like yeah. takes you to a posher level. You can have white walls if you paint them grey. You're now in a in a uh, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's an upgrade to your room. I see. I like that word upgrade. That's a really good way of describing it. But then let's talk about color black because, but not about your paints. Your website because it's obviously it's quite monochrome. Obviously, there's so much color with within your products. But what made you choose black? Because it's, it's I guess at the time, maybe a brave move, but it works so well. We wanted to be instantly identifiable. And at that point, there weren't any interior shops that had a black background. And I I, I was jokingly said to Lucy, well, if it's good enough for Chanel, <laughs> it's surely good to be good enough for us. Plus, again, we realised that our products look better with the black background. That What black does to the photographs makes them pop out the page yeah, it's a it's a strong statement isn't it but it was a good statement we still debate it now because there is a lots of or you know there's there's also all website chat about um how difficult it is to read the text on a black background and things like that and you, you, you you'll notice that behind the text it's very um it's slightly lighter to enable people to read it more easily so there's you know lots of people if we ever get a consultant in, they say, well, why have you got black background? Blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to make us change. <laughs> it's our brand identity. I don't think we'll be changing now. No, good. Please don't. I love it. So in your own homes, you mentioned a little bit about some of the past colours that you've had. What what kind of palette do you have at the moment? In my kitchen, um, I've got full tiled walls for half of it, which are the... Um, and the Moroccan Zelic tiles, they're all and they're all white. And they, they sort of sit at different angles. It's it's not perfect in any way. And the result is that light shines in different angles. So it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. And then I've got where my table is, I've got a white tulip table. I've got black walls there. What a lovely combination. Oh. And what about Lucy's house? Is she your house is very different in style? Well, yes and no. Lucy is much more maximalist than me. She loves stuff and she's a collector and she she keeps all these wonderful things. And, she, you know, we she's got, it's like going to a museum or not, uh, and just seeing incredible, incredible things. She's got loads and loads of vintage items. She's got massive disco balls everywhere. She's got a horse from a fairground ride whose hooves light up in her kitchen. Oh wow. Oh yeah, it's 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 a, it's the most wonderful wonderful experience going to her house because there's all the most amazing things but in the most unexpected places. And she's not uh, uh, afraid of having very quirky naughty items everywhere. So it's just, it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's her personality is expressed through her home 100%. And she's got a white room, which has got, where she's picked out the corner singing gold. She's got, her kitchen is black. She's got the same tiles as me, but in black. 
which again reflect the light beautifully. She's got her sitting room is chocolate brown, and she's got um, huge sofas with um, yellows and mustard cushions, mixtures of loads of them all over her sofas. So she she is really clever with hers and she just puts more and more and more in and it just all it's just a feast for the eyes it's wonderful that does sound amazing. I wouldn't expect anything less to be honest with you <laughs> now your home it used to be a pub and it was built in the 1500s wasn't it yes are there any original features from the era it's all it's ancient it's um it it's quite a challenge, my home, because it's so old. It's a pub, so the sitting room, as you can imagine, used to be the bar. So it's a big open plan sitting room, which is quite a modern thing um, to have such a large space. So I've got a big modular sofa, but I've got an inglenook fireplace. Um, and it's got lime plaster walls that were there when we arrived. So it's quite a tricky house because you can't, if you were to go traditional, it would be too twee. So I'm quite modern. I've, I've, it's quite, there's a lot of space and I've chosen quite modern um, furniture and my accessories are, are, are collected over the years. So I like the juxtaposition of the beams and the, you know, it's got quite low ceilings and the ingle nook, but I've paired it right back and put quite modern furniture in there. Right. And I'm guessing you you don't have a bar in there anymore. Sadly not. <laughs> Although in lockdown, we did make one one day. We decided we'd had enough. We thought, we're in a pub. Let's make a pub. That's a very smart move. And, uh, the <laughs> Copper Bath is absolutely stunning. Where did you find that? It was when I moved in. The people who owned the house before me and they um, renovated it from it being a pub. They did most of the hard work. They did all of the house, but none of the outside. So when we moved in, we had a massive car park, which is quite interesting. Oh. I know, it's quite really, I've got a lot of stories about that car park. <laughs> um, but they had, they were antiques dealers. So they had put the bath in. So I was lucky enough to have that already there. Is it is it your copper bath that's on the website? There is a... Yes, yes. Oh, thought so. It's <laughs> amazing. It is, and but... When we first moved into the house, my girls said, I don't want to sit in that. They didn't understand it at all. But actually, it's the most incredible experience because the shape of an old bath means that it's not, it's quite narrow. So the water feels quite high. So when you sit in it, it comes right up over your boobs. So you're literally ensconced in this lovely warm water and the metal keeps it warmer for longer. And the back, the way the back's shaped, it it supports your back and head perfectly. It's really, I, I, I thought it would be really uncomfortable, but it's the complete opposite. And you can sit there quite happily and read for a long time. Yeah, it's. I think, uh, as I was just saying earlier, some of the older designs are not as you know, better thought out, but they, you know, people think that advancing all the time is better, but it's not always, is it? No, it's the most comfortable bath I've ever had. And do you, do you ever use your own home for photo shoots for the store? All the time, all the time. Um, you, oh, We've got internal photography here and we have a studio in the warehouse, but they, um, B, our photographer, she also comes visits my house really regularly just because um, it's nice to, photograph things in a real home quite often on uh, a lot of the pictures on the website are from uh, shot in my home 
I noticed recently when I was watching Home Tour of yours that you've also got some beautiful house plants. Do you have a passion for those too? I really like plants, but I'm not very good at it. Well, they look all really healthy. <laughs> I know. That's shit. I've now discovered that there are certain plants that you don't have to look after that much, and I only buy those. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good start, isn't it? So your family are obviously very important to you too, because you have you know, some of your children still living at home and also your beautiful dog. So what's a perfect family day for you when you're, if you can switch off from work? Well, in lockdown, we had all of us, we had seven of us living in our house because my daughter and her boyfriend were there and my son and his girlfriend were there. Um, My kids are much older. They're in their early 20s and I've got a 17-year-old as well. So we were all there together and we had a really good time. I mean, we, I, know, I know a lot of people had a very awful time, and, but we were lucky enough to have enough people to make it feel less isolating. And we, we did some really fun stuff. We, we had our own parties. We had murder mystery evenings. We, we, we bought a outside wood oven and learned how to do, you know, a full roast in it. <laughs> Because mm. um, my husband and um, my daughter's boyfriend weren't working during lockdown, they got a digger and started doing all kinds of crazy stuff in the garden. So it was a really, it was, it, I, I really enjoyed that time, even though I was working flat out constantly. It was, it, there was a lot of, uh, it was nice to be together like that. I don't think you will ever get that opportunity again. No, there were definitely some pluses, weren't there? And it was just a good time to sort of get inventive, like you say, and start digging in the garden and yes. doing all sorts. <laughs> the amount of machines that got delivered during that period <laughs> of time, I was like, what are you doing now? <laughs> if you were to plan a perfect weekend away from home, um, where would you go for interior loveliness? Are there any sort of restaurants or hotels that you would really choose to? I have to say Soho House are brilliant at what they do. And they do it well. They do are very clever at going to different cities and reflecting that city through their interiors. I think that they they do a very, very good job. And it's always a I always spend a lot of time if whoever if I ever go and I'm with someone that they always have to sort of give me 15 minutes of just looking around me <laughs> before we start a conversation. Because I just love looking at everything. Their art biome is incredible. I don't know how, where they get all their art from, but it, it, they're really talented at what they do. I'm trying to think of the last place. Marrakesh, Bali. They're, the Balinese are incredibly creative people. I think that results from... Um, I, I lived there in my early 20s for a little while, and Bali was where all the creatives hid during the war. And that's why every single Balinese person can draw beautifully. They're just so incredibly talented. And their restaurants and um, hotels are incredible. If they're they're Balinese-owned, you can tell, because they've got this added creativity. And they're Hindus as well, so they create their offerings every day. Um, they, They leave offerings at all their doors and windows, little trays made out of... Um, banana leaves and little bits of flowers and all sorts of things go into their offerings. It's just a really, really lovely environment to be in Bali. Although it, there are parts of it's it's 
it's being strangled by tourism. So it's a, it's a tricky one. I went back a couple of years ago for the first time in a very long time and it, it shocked me what's happening. But there is still, it's all condensed into one area as is quite often the case with tourism. And if you travel out from that, the, the real Bali is still there. Yeah, I would love to go sometime. I wanted to just ask you too, actually, about your charity work with the, the Prince's Trust earlier this year and your hashtag, uh, Change a Girl's Life. Uh, so you obviously had, is it six, five or six winners? And they're all very different, weren't they? But all so talented. And you can, you can buy that artwork on your site, can't you? Yes, you can. That was so fun. And oh my goodness, I met some incredible young women who blew me away. Uh, they They were so driven and and so talented we held a competition and asked um young women women to enter their an art piece for in aid of princess trust and we um judged them and chose six winners and we produced the art prints and we sell them on our site and the profit goes to the artist obviously gets some a payment and the profit goes to the princess trust um, but the whole process was so enjoyable and meeting the winners was so inspiring. These young women who who are so grown up, really, some, and mature and, and talented. It was really, really enjoyable experience. Yeah, I'd really recommend people go and have a look at the art on your website because, like I say, it's because they're obviously all different artists. It is so different. But what what a talented bunch. Yes, they were really impressive. So, um, as we mentioned at the beginning, Christmas is on its way. So are you just going to be really busy now up until then? Hopefully. And what have you got planned for next year? Anything in the pipeline? Um Lots of events. We want to get out and having, you know, had such a long period of time where we couldn't meet our customers, we want to get back out again and and meet them. We've got really exciting products coming. I'm, I'm Now we're all back in the office again. The one thing with lockdown is creativity suffered. You can communicate through teams, but it's very hard to have creative conversations where you sort of bounce ideas around because you can't talk over each other you have to sort of stop and um so now we're back in the office I've, I've, we've, we're having really good fun with our product development and buying team and I'm really can't wait to share all the new products that are coming with everybody because there's some really new exciting things excellent as I say I'm being leads in a couple of weeks so I'm definitely going to red brick to your store can't wait Thank you so much for a really nice, insightful chat. And I just w- wish you all the success with your stores. Not that you, you'll need it. And um, I look forward to seeing what happens next year. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for inviting me to be on your podcast. I very much appreciate it. To have a look at Jane and Lucy's Rocket St. George website, head to www.rocketstgeorge.co.uk and you can follow them on Instagram at rocketstgeorge.co.uk or Jane's own account at rocketstgeorge. My website, if you'd like to see what I've been up to lately, is Lucy Gleason Interiors, www.lucylovesya.com and my Instagram is at Lucy Gleason Interiors. Do subscribe for more podcast chats. Thanks for listening and have a good one. Mm-hmm.